0: Hello, I'm Andrew from Ara Video in Wellington, New Zealand, and welcome to episode 3 of Back to the Disc Player, the Ara Video podcast. It's inspired by our Adopt a Movie scheme, which enables our supporters to purchase an exclusive, lifelong affiliation with a title in the Ara Video library or an acquisition that we may not have. It's a chance to talk to our customers and ask them about their personal connection to a film or films they've chosen to adopt, and for us to find out a little bit about them as well. Episode 3 is a chat with David Summerfield, a young man with a passion for film and also a very keen interest in the preservation of film history and the evolution of film presentation through its various formats. Hence, we talk a lot about VHS tape culture, and in this episode we even venture into the RO Video Attic, where uh, the bulk of our VHS tape collection is stored. David also makes an articulate and delightfully idiosyncratic case for the three films that he has adopted. We hope you enjoy the conversation. My thanks to my RO colleague, Svenderstrom Strom, who recorded this episode. Hello, David. Welcome to Upstairs at RO Video. You're in the hot seat. Oh, good evening, Andrew. Glad to be here. Good, yeah. Um, this is episode number three. So you're fairly high up on the list of people I thought that I would talk to about all things DVD, VHS, and um, cinephilia in general. So, you are a, a very good customer of our Video, uh, you're somebody, when I first met you, um, was a very young, enthusiastic uh, film geek, and uh, somebody who was oddly interested in VHS technology for somebody <laughs> so young, <laughs> so that was the first thing that struck me about you, uh, was here's a guy with you know, bundles of, uh, you know, just very keen and... Uh, wide-eyed and ready to consume whatever you could you know and just somebody who really appreciates what we do so it's nice for us to maybe get to know you a little bit better because I know you've got lots of interesting things that I want to find out about um oh thanks Andrew it's very kind of you to say that's all right I so I just you're also somebody who's involved in the film society and uh quite active you see you a lot around at the, the film film festival that's just uh, happened here in Wellington uh so I thought I'd maybe open with that uh you know your experience of the festival you were you were ushering and helping out as a volunteer and and getting to see lots of stuff what was your impression of the stuff that you
1: saw um, yeah, it was a really good festival. Um, I haven't collected my my thoughts about it yet. I mean, I sure I had a f- I had a lighter festival than last year. I think last year I saw about fifty five films, and this year I only saw like thirty two, thirty three. Yeah. So, um, I'm still trying to remember all the films that I saw. But sure, um, yeah, sure. I'm really oh, good- sorry
0: to put you on the spot. Yeah, I, I've- I saw twenty two, which was quite uh, quite intense for me. Yeah. Well, with- um, so I had a fairly active. Festival, Just, you know, 55 films last year, 32. I, I'm just still intrigued about how one digests that amount of cinema over a two-week period. Like, how did you feel about doing 55? Was that something that was regular for you? or No, it wasn't.
1: And uh, last year, I actually went to Auckland as well for one weekend. So I managed to fit in, I think, six films up in Auckland. So that sort of helped get the overall uh, count up. But yeah, last year was pretty pretty intense for me, working working during the day, mostly, and then going to see films mostly evenings and
0: weekends. It was, yeah, it was a lot. So those 55 that you saw last year, when they kind of come back in whatever form, are they things that, you know, you do remember? You know, or are there things that you kind of are quite hazy about because you yeah, saw definitely. four films in one day? Yeah, stuff tends to blur together.
1: Like, just uh, this year, I think I saw just coincidentally a lot of films about uh, sort of young women coming of age and there were a lot of similar um scenes and scenarios and you sort of wind up thinking oh wh- which film had that scene with the in the club with the strobe lights oh actually that was two films and now i'm sort of mashing them together in my head yeah. you know so is that a
0: is that kind of annoying, or is it just something um, you it's just good to have the experience while you're having it and then not worry about the residual effect um, I think it can be quite good. it can be interesting it, you can you end up making
1: comparisons about films and maybe trends about what kind of films are being made at the moment that you might not otherwise you might not otherwise make those connections yep. um, yeah, and I mean poss- possibly. Seeing a film on its own and being able to digest it is is different in some cases in some ways better than you know rushing to the next film straight away, perhaps but um there's there's also value in the festival experience and it's just
0: mm. yeah there's a lot of side benefits mm. so all well, that, that that's that's as valid as perhaps pulling out um, you know a number of highlights you know I mean that's always the question that we get asked what did you see at the festival what do you recommend that's the go to and I see you're checking your phone there at the moment <laughs> just to... <laughs> I don't have a complete I... schedule
1: but I'm just reminding myself what I actually
0: did see oh, okay is there anything that stood out as being god awful
1: uh there was no not this year there were some films that I saw that other people thought were, were god awful oh. Um, uh, you know, there were a couple of people that wandered out of Guy Madden's The Green Fog, muttering about it being the worst thing they'd ever seen. That right? and what was that rubbish?
0: Okay, and it's only I, sixty-five minutes long. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so that's social media attention span, right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and yeah, no, and there were some films that I didn't think were brilliantly made but i was in the right mood to, to sort of to watch that movie like i was thinking um there was one what keeps you alive i didn't really think was brilliant but i really enjoyed it and it was sort of really what i was looking to watch in that moment yeah and then there was stuff um one one i wondered if you ended up getting to see censored yeah i did yeah. you did get on to that i did yes yeah
0: I, I, I almost missed it but i was able to rearrange things yeah at the last minute and get along, and I was so glad that I did. Yeah, Um, I I really enjoyed that, but it was sort of an
1: interesting film, wrestling with it afterwards, my own feelings, so it's so, for for our listeners, it's a film about, um, in a way, about censorship, it's actually sort of an essay film, I'd say, where the filmmaker, she's gone and... Um, shown a whole lot of outtakes that the Australian film censors took out, I think, before 1971? 78. 78. Mm. And she's strung those together with her own commentary and sort of put them into categories and sort of overlays that with a narration about her own thoughts on the material and how it affected her.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and her process of of, uh, living with the material Mm. for what seemed, I think she said four months was when she was actually making putting the film together but the viewing process I think was a lot longer than that and so it really came across her experience of that came across quite um quite clearly uh, that that idea of actually confronting this material that she had the idea that it would be uh, that we'd all be able to kind of snigger at how quaint, you, you know, things used to be, or, but in or, fact, or um, that she would liberate some of these films right. that sort of
1: been unjustly that's right hidden away. to
0: restore them to to their rightful place, and um, so it was a really interesting uh, paradox that she seemed to um, undergo. So it was a fascinating film, and, yeah. and having the filmmaker there talking about it, only yeah, it was definitely a highlight um, for, for me. As you say, that experience of, uh, of sitting, um, of, of going to the festival is not necessarily, you just said, you know, you really enjoyed the experience of a film that, you know, not wasn't necessarily great. So that's, um, you know, I, I don't know, is that unique to a cinema going experience? Or is that something that you find is part of the pleasure of watching something on the small screen? No, I mean, um, yeah,
1: absolutely. You can get that same kick from watching something on the, the small screen. I mean, sometimes you're just in the mood to watch something with some car chases or explosions or heads being shot off and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. And you just, you, you want to see what you want to see in the moment. And that's one of the things that is fantastic about the small screen experience, being able to curate what you want to watch when you're in the mood to watch it and not having to wait for for a schedule or on the television or at the theatres or anything, so mm. so the small screen is where it's at for for mood specific cinema, mm-hmm. really. Sure. Getting getting back to the festival experience, what I really enjoy about festival time is that you're enjoying these films with a receptive audience, mm-hmm. and afterwards you get to meet people in the lobby between films and you get to talk about the movie. And um, yep. and catch up with all these people, some of whom you really only see around Wellington at festival time, hmm. and so that's a really special experience that just heightens everything.
0: So, David, can we just talk about your your about VHS, which seems to be we're, we're both wearing VHS tribute t-shirts, by the way. Well, mine's actually a, a long sleeve. Yours is a, a genuine T-shirt. Yeah, I
1: was I was worried about this being too on the nose, but I was looking yeah, for a no. clean clean shirt to wear. No, no, let's, so. let's go
0: on the nose. Um, so tell me your uh, abiding obsession with VHS, as I say, because you're from a different generation uh, to to those that grew up with it. Um, can you just tell us about what led you to that uh, obsession?
1: Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I, yeah, you're right. I did come of age of the, the DVD generation. I mean, I remember, um, dad bringing home, no, dad getting a DVD player for Christmas and I think 2001 and that being a huge source of excitement. But I, I grew up before that with VHS tapes and after that, um, you could still rent them in New Plymouth, um, and, and you know, 2003, 2004, I forget till when, when I was sort of starting to go out to the video store on my own
0: right um so you're saying that you had a childhood where you had VHS tape, oh yeah. So, yeah 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 yes um, so what was what were kind of formative films that you rented you know in New Plymouth you, you know were that really kind of where you got the film bug you know is there any particular? Titles that come to mind. Oh, t-
1: titles! I mean, I used to rent Indiana Jones a lot. Mm. I I can't think. Of, I can't think of tapes specifically. Mm. I used to rent. I used to rent the X Files tapes quite a lot from a, a record store actually called Missing Link that also rented tapes. Um, when I was a kid, I used to rent the Transformers uh, films on tape from the Transformers uh, cartoon show from the library, and then later from
0: from Blockbuster Video. Um but uh yeah so I guess what I I'm trying know. to get at is why didn't you give it up like oh. everybody else did I, I'm trying to um and when when did you find that you were carving out this well, little niche Tapes you know? were a cheap way to get
1: movies um so a lot of people when I was growing up were selling off their tapes um like I got all the Star Wars films on VHS because the the guy just upgraded to laserdisc and hmm. was very excited about that um And, uh, you know, I used to, yeah, I used to, I I just wanted to watch movies and tapes were a cheap way to do that.
0: There was always someone selling them. They were cheaper than DVDs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So because you were able to acquire a mass VHS tapes, you know, you built a collection when you were a teenager. Is that what you were doing? Yeah.
1: Anything I could get my hands on. I mean, I used to Mm. collect tapes, DVDs, um, yeah, most, mostly those, um, Mm. I had a couple of 16 mil films when I was younger, but not not a lot. Mm. Um, just anything, anything that I could
0: watch, really. Mm. So is there... So it's... You know, I often get asked, you know, what's what's my favourite movie? Or, you know, questions like that. And you've kind of, you know, similarly shirked at that kind of questioning. And I'm just um, uh, thinking, is it, is it something that's more... A, a, you're more attracted to is the idea of soaking up as much film culture as possible and not having any particular loyalty to any particular films i mean i've got a um, favorite film i know you do we'll talk about that shortly <laughs> um but i'm saying that there's this idea of um uh yeah amassing uh, film culture having it around you and the collector's mentality uh, do, do you do you consider yourself yeah, a definitely a a, a rabid collector
1: yeah, I mean, I, I get, I'm, I'm impatient. I, I like to be able to watch things and read things. And if I, I don't have access to them, I, I you know, films that I enjoy, I'll try and buy so that I've mm. got them on hand if I suddenly find them in the mood. Like I, back in New Plymouth, I used to rent um, Shaun of the Dead when it came out so many times from United Video that the lady said, look, why don't you just go and buy a copy? Mm. It'll save you money. And I went, oh God, yeah, of course. And that's when I went and bought my first DVD. Right. You know, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's 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 almost a almost a practical thing in some cases. Right. Just just I, I thought of Shaun of the Dead actually this evening before this interview was, um, I just watched uh, an episode of uh, Wellington Paranormal, uh, the, the zombie episode, uh, which is very Shaun of the Dead-esque. Have you caught up with that show? No,
1: I haven't caught up with it yet. Yeah, I'm really looking forward really to checking it out. It
0: is really good. I mean, six episodes and they're all about a different genre of horror. And, um, you know, the, uh, the the zombie one in particular and, and the ghost one are, are really, really good. So um, just thought I'd... I'd say that to anybody that hasn't caught up with uh, with that Wellington based show put together I think by Jermaine and Tyker and, yeah, and others yeah. Nick Ward I see wrote one of the episodes. Um, so a little aside so just going back to your your uh, your, your collecting and um, obsessions um, so one of the requirements of actually being on this podcast is that um, you must be a, an adopter of, of a movie in the Video library. And um, you have uh, adopted three, I believe. Yep, that's correct. Um, two of which are on VHS. You're one of the, I think, only one of two people that have actually adopted a VHS. Uh, the idea of the scheme generally is that we can upgrade to a DVD version. But no, y- you, David, in particular, um, putting your flag down and saying, no, no, I want the, the VHS copy <laughs> preserved. <laughs> We uh, we can talk about what titles you've chosen um, in the VHS shortly, but the DVD you've chosen, is that in fact your favourite film of all time? Or if can you tell us a bit about it? Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. It is, yeah. yeah.
1: That, that is mm. that is my favourite movie. I sort of don't like the question, what is your favourite movie, or what are your top ten movies? I think it's a stupid yeah, me, question. Me too. I think it's reductive, and, and there's so much depends on what mood you're in and and different experiences but at the same time I just keep coming back to the thing it's just it's
0: it's it's great yeah I I think if I was adopting a movie which I'm not going to but if I think if if the the, uh, opportunity was presented to me as a consumer or customer I I probably would think hard about what it would be um, and maybe come to a you know maybe not the thing but but something else that you just keep coming back to maybe the blob No, 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 unlikely. But I'm thinking, thanks for the suggestion, though. Um, But I'm... So, The Thing for You, John Carpenter, 1982. um, It is a great movie. Um,
1: uh, Discuss. Um, Yeah, I just think that it's a fantastic movie. Um, It's it's a great watch it's got good performances it's got a great plot tension i think is the thing with that film um so even without all the spectacular creature effects which are a reason Mm. just in of themselves to watch it it's got some of the all-time best special effects in all cinema Mm. even if you took all that away and you just had like a man in a rubber suit sort of wandering around just the the paranoia in the thing, and because I've got such a terrible memory personally, I've seen the thing probably, I don't know, 12 <laughs> times or something, and I keep forgetting who is a thing. So for anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> um, this isn't a major spoiler, because there's a lot of lot of surprises in That's the awesome. thing. Mm. Um, the the con- conceit of the thing is that there is this creature, um, there's, there are some men trapped in an Antarctic base, and there's a creature with them that can disguise itself as a person or a dog and could be anyone on the base. And they don't know who it is. And it's slowly going around and killing people and turning them into things also. So throughout the whole movie, there's just this this tension that you don't know who to trust. Everyone's looking sideways ways at each other, getting snippy, paranoid. Mm. And then every now and then, a thing will reveal itself in, in all its glory. So mm. it's it's just... Mm tension and then reward Mm. all the way through Mm. that film absolutely and just expertly
0: shot expertly scored yeah it's um do do you think it's i mean do you think it's john carpenter's best film Obviously, obviously do because you've chosen it but um, i'm thinking about i don't think of john carpenter particularly as a master craftsman i know he's a really important director in the horror genre and he's made some some good films um he, he was certainly pretty consistent in the early days but the thing does stand head and shoulders above the others, in terms of the way it's executed, like you said, the, the screenplay and the direction. So I'm just wondering if John Carpenter really directed it. Or... <laughs> 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 Whoa! Oh, shots well, fired. Well, no, I'm just I'm, I'm this, I'm, is, this just, is this isn't a
1: Toby Hooper, Steven Spielberg, Poltergeist touch. No, situation. just remind me. You know, remind bushes. me of of
0: of, of uh, you know. Because it is, it is a film that does uh, ha- it has outstanding craft, you know, f- for its genre. You know, you could say, you know, almost like Alien. You know, it's it's in that kind of league, you know, yeah. albeit in a more more of a B movie. But it's the way it deals with tension, like
1: you've just described. Well, you've said it's more of a B movie than than Alien. And Alien really is a haunted house movie on a spaceship. If you want to. Get, I guess so, things, it's just got but, more sheen, hasn't it, But, um, but the know. thing, um, Carpenter's version of The Thing, um, he, John, John Carpenter's made some other terrific films, and he's got a lot of other films like... Uh, like he's got other films like Halloween, where he uses suspense effectively. Um, but The Thing, I guess it really just has a fantastic team around it, and so it has those effects... Mm. Um, it's one of the few films John Carpenter doesn't do the score on. It's got an Ennio Morricone score, okay. which is fantastic. Okay. John Carpenter's scores are fantastic, don't mm. get me wrong. He's, he's, an, he's a terrific musician. But that does add a different
0: flavour, doesn't but, it? Um, it gives it a more epic I, quality. I, I don't
1: know. Mm. Just just I'm just saying that there, there was a fantastic team, a good concept, um, a good script. Mm. Um, they mm. shot it in horrifying cold conditions, and I think... All that just feeds into the the end product. Yep. Yeah, it's just yeah, a, sure. a perfect storm of.
0: Yeah, it does remind me a little of uh, you know some of those um, you know horror classics of the '80s, which I, you know I'm know you're a big fan of, and uh, and and one that I have seen. Recently, that I enjoyed just as much for the very same reasons as the thing is *Fright Night*, mm. and, uh, and, I, and and *and* *Fright Night* two is in fact the uh, the VHS that you've adopted, David. So you can tell me a little bit more about *Fright Night* two, but I can tell you that that Tom Holland's *Fright Night* really is a must see for anybody looking yeah. uh, looking at a, a really effective horror comedy. Uh, tell me a bit a bit about the sequel and well, what the your... the
1: sequels. I mean. Really, we've got to get right or out. Of, Night. We've got to get right out of the way. Out of the way, starting off that that Fright Night Two is not as good as Fright Night. Fright Night is the better film, but um, Fright Night Two, uh, and, and Fright Night again, is another fantastic film that has uh, great special effects, um, spooky story. It's mm. kind of got that. Mm. Uh, it's got that wonderful nostalgia factor of having a uh, having a horror host, uh, does, TV yeah. horror host, as a character, also yeah. played by Roddy McDowell, who's yes. yeah. Who's just terrific, um, and in the sequel as well, he's good as well. Um, and so that's just a for anyone who loves hor- horror movies and Hollywood movies, sort of having Roddy McDowell playing a playing a horror host fighting vampires for real that mm. he's been he's been talking about yeah. on TV. It's magic. It's, as it's well. a wonderful mm. it's a wonderful concept, and it's really well done. Uh, Chris, I think it's Chris Sarandon, Sarandon mm. is really electric and kind of scary in this creepy, erotic kind of... And,
0: and all the ways that Colin Farrell is not in the dreadful remake.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I didn't think the remake was too bad, but it's not its not as good as the original. No, we don't have to go there. Um, yeah, so Fright Night's just a, a really cool film about a boy who realises that his next-door neighbor's a vampire, no one believes him, and he's seen this guy on TV talking about hunting vampires. So he gets this this actor who's really only done this in a fictional context and kind of ropes him into helping him fight this vampire so it's terrific Mm. and the sequel is sort of the same movie again but not as good Mm. but what it does have is a really cool vhs case (laughs) and so um it's it's uh for all of you out there in in podcast land it's it's shaped like a coffin which is really cool and I adopted that case because uh, part of the deal at RO Video, if you adopt a film, if you, you pay the fee and you get your certificate and you're now the, the proud proud parent of this film that lives at RO Video, is you can rent it whenever you like. So mm. because I couldn't find a copy of this tape that I quite wanted, I thought, I'll adopt it. And then if anyone comes around and I want to impress them, I can just run down to RO Video <laughs> and rent it. And then I can take it home and put it on the shelf and pretend I own it. <laughs>
0: Excellent. That is um, mission accomplished. But um, subsequently,
1: I I saw one on on uh, oh no online and uh, I ended up
0: buying my own copy. So. Oh no! Can we cut that bit out? Yeah. I oh, oh. Damn you! You and your um, obsessive. You will leave no stone unturned until you are satiated. collection is satiated but then i am guilty of exactly the same um thing um you know um with the video store because there's always things that are just tantalizing because you just don't have them anyway that's a whole nother pandora's box uh so just to bring it around to the box you know the front night box thing but anyway well so the other vhs uh while we're on the subject um that you've adopted tell us a little bit about that one
1: Uh, so the third and final uh, film that I've adopted here at our video is Michael Mann's The Keep
0: Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah that's that's a weird one a film I confess to have not seen um Always planned on it, but never, never got there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not terribly missing out. It's not Michael Mann's best film. It's, mm. was it's it his maybe, first film. It's his second film. It's it's
0: interesting because
1: The Keep is sandwiched between two very successful films. I don't know if they were successful financially. I think they were, but but critically successful films. Thief, um, which I think was 1981, somewhere around there. Right. And um and then after the keep came uh, manhunter right. which i consider just
0: mm-hmm.
1: terrific it's it's i mm. think it's better than silence of the lambs personally right it's, yeah it's a terrific uh film based on thomas harris's uh red dragon novel hannibal lecter all that stuff we won't sure. talk too much about those films sure. but they're they're both great stylistic masterpieces as far as i'm concerned fantastic neon
0: drenched um, so you're talking about um, Manhunter and and thief and thief, yes. thief, which yeah, has yeah, got I yeah, think James yeah, James, Kahn? Yeah. Yeah, James Kahn as, yeah. A, as a, a bank as a, a thief, a, a, yeah, a safecracker, safecracker. Yeah, yeah. It is a terrific film, yeah. And so that would be late seventies, yeah, yeah, early 80s. early eighties, early eighties, but it think, has a kind of a late seventies yeah. feel to yeah. It. it. Yeah, it feels. Uh, and mostly,
1: so th- yeah. and so Michael Mann; those films are very much in sort of the wheelhouse of what people know of Michael Mann films, these L.A. neon-drenched, gritty, sort of neo-noir kind of thrillers. And then The keep is this oddity, this sort of fantasy horror film that he, that he made and was not very successful. And because of that, to this day, you can't get it on DVD. Um, you can't get it on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that internationally? As internationally, well? yeah, it's it popped up on I think Netflix Ireland. Apparently, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have Netflix Ireland, but mm. a, a, apparently, it popped up there. Mm. But it's a very hard film to actually track down and watch, um, or or indeed to to actually own a copy of. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so I adopted the the tape at Arrow mm. to sort well, of. Safeguard it. You're really ramping up its currency by talking about it in this way. You realise, yeah. so I'm, I actually now fear for its safety. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's it's a dangerous game you're playing it here, is. Andrew. Well, I, well, that's the interesting thing. You're you're kind of audacious in having that uh, even that Fright Night tape on the shelf. I was quite surprised because
0: okay, I'm cause, starting to get nervous. Yeah,
1: because because you know, video stores used to do that thing where they'd put something in a in another case or yeah even have valuable stuff i remember sort of extras extra um special special features dvds sort of being kept behind the desk at i think one mm. united video i used to go to and, yeah i, I yeah. Would once
0: I would say one uh, positive thing about the advent of piracy was it really reduced the uh the, the theft that we had in <laughs> store you know I, I think the worst theft we had was somebody went through Probably about forty action DVDs and broke the cases to remove the discs. God. And just left the broken cases on the uh, on the shelf. You know, you know, just uh, just you know, back in their alphabetical order, uh, but had discreetly cracked them open. And um, and so that pretty much was it. That was the last time that happened. Um, when there was a demand, you know, maybe a black market for discs. Yeah. Wow, so times have changed,
1: yeah, they have indeed. I remember um I remember when people used to sell I, I remember actually there being adverts in the newspaper in the early 2000s for DVDs, and then you'd go around to to some guy's house and he'd have some some pirated DVDs with sort of bad bad covers of um the badly photocopied sort of covers for for I think I got the Hulk and the Matrix and you know and they had hard-burned-on Chinese subtitles on them. and mm. But you're excited because
0: they were cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about you're your very connected on, online with other uh, collectors of, of VHS and Rare films. Is, is that... Um, uh, have you found, you know, kindred spirits in, in other places, even locally, or, you know, that share your... Not so much locally, but internationally there's a
1: big, big uh, movement of people who collect VHS and, and another quite separate movement of people who collect um, films, like real films, 16, 35mm, etc. Yeah. Um, see, I've got quite a, quite a meagre kind of VHS collection by the standards that are, that are sort of out there. There are people who are intense; tents, they've just got rooms full of carefully curated yep. tapes.
0: Quite often horror is a big yeah. thing that people collect yeah so as uh, was illustrated in those those documentaries that we have on dvd so this rewind this is one of them and um adjust your tracking adjust your tracking is the other one so adjust your tracking is the one that's more focused on the obsessive horror vhs collector is that right or are they both i'm just trying to remember now um, yeah, in all
1: honesty, my, my yeah. memories of them are blurring together a little bit. It doesn't help because they, they have some of the same interviewees in do. both documentaries, which. Yeah,
0: they're, they're both good. I mean, yeah. 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 I, I remember that Rewind This was more broadly assessing the evolution yeah. um, of, of VHS as a medium, so it was more uh, of an overview. It had that, uh, and I think it touched on obsessive horror collectors, and, and uh, the other one, um, Adjust Your Tracking, was more. Um, closely focused on on genre collectors. Have you been in contact with the, with any of those people, or is there... no, 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 I haven't. Mm. I've, I've watched the I've watched the movie a couple of times. Um, in fact, we you reminded me earlier that we appeared on a panel talking about Rewind This or about VHS culture. Yes, we did. Nata yeah, there's Ongo. some really embarrassing footage out there of me umming and
1: ahhing, and and I was in a I was in a very tall bar stall that swiveled, and I couldn't touch the ground with my feet, so I couldn't stop it from swiveling. And they, I think they were recording that, that panel discussion and actually yeah. sent it to the
0: filmmakers, so I'm yes, absolutely right. mortified. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't come off too much better. I rem- remember being photographed from a f- fairly unflattering angle, yeah. if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, no, it was yeah. just
1: that my stool... But, it had obviously had a well-greased bearing, so it just kept rotating. And because I couldn't touch the ground, I couldn't stop myself. So someone would ask me a question, <laughs> and I'd have
0: to kick in the ear to sort of get round to face the audience again. Yeah. So you were you were the uh, on the panel. You were the the VHS. Uh, I was the uh, token uh, the, collector. Yeah. yeah. The, the devotee. Yes. That's right. Um, I know. A while ago, you were you were. Um, curious about what goes on in our, in our attic here at our video, the third floor <laughs> where all the bodies are kept <laughs> and I thought this might be a good opportunity uh, to perhaps show you uh, upstairs in the attic where we have um, a lot of VHS tapes uh, and a whole lot of mess and uh, so I wondered if we could uh, you know, wrap up uh, you know, here and, uh, and can reconvene in the attic. Sure thing. See you there.
1: Through the magic of editing. Yeah.
0: Okay, Dave, I think we've um we've made enough space you can come up now. Hello. Welcome oh, wow. to the attic at our Video. The
1: Aladdin's Cave.
0: <laughs> <That's>
1: very nice. <laughs>
0: I don't know about very nice. It's very cramped. Uh, for Simple listening. It is a an an an, an A-shaped roof uh, that is only really enough for me to stand up in, in the very middle. So uh, there is uh, it's it's not very good on the back uh, negotiating uh, negotiating our way around here. But we don't really come up all that often these days. It's a proper movie attic. It is. Um, so it is. There's no DVDs up here. It is. It is all um, VHS tapes in various states of <laughs> repair and disrepair. And um, I guess one of the things I observed just looking at it, we're in fairly low light because we're filming this and well, doing this at night. Um, but uh, the sunlight comes through this sunroof and plays havoc on on VHS uh, covers. And uh, and so there's there's Certain sections of the alphabet, I think the C's and D's have had a real punishing <laughs> term up here for over 10 years. You know, where the plastic starts sun to bleach, disintegrate yeah. and, um, and sun bleaching as well. So, that's uh, that's another reason why, um, you know, there's a certain life to, to VHS, uh, is that they, they just, um, you know, they deteriorate uh, on the outside and sometimes on the inside as well how how have you found with with your collecting of vhs you know the the, the preservation of the actual tapes um well
1: the main issue i find actually in in wellington because i keep my my tapes away from direct sunlight is is actually mould so okay. a lot of the tapes that i find um in second hand stores or things around wellington have have got a little bit of mould on them is that uh, sometimes the, the, white little, mold? the white mould the yeah. white mould yeah yeah and so a lot of tapes are in need of a clean you really the best place to live, if you collect tapes or anything, really, is is somewhere dry.
0: Yeah, well, it's certainly dry up here, um, but just because we are, you know, it's a compromised space, and so um, what we've ha- have up here is a lot of a lot of these tapes are catalogued on the Ara Video website, uh, but they're not asked for very often, and so you know we will make the pilgrimage up here every now and then to to retrieve things upon request. Um, but but also there is some stuff that's there's a lot that hasn't been sorted. So there are there are tapes up here that we haven't culled, you know, because we've replaced them on DVD as well. So it's one of those jobs that we just never get round to doing. Um, do you want a job, David? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's you know we're just facing here at the moment uh, where, where the um, a lot of uh, children's tapes are children's tape and graveyard. That's yeah. right, and it is a bit of a graveyard. You know, there, there is, um, you know, I, we almost never retrieve anything from here because somebody's requested.
1: No, well, requested kids, it. kids rewatch the same sorts of things over and over again. Their favourites. So something that's on on VHS from the early two thousands sort of falls out of currency with the the current current generation. That's right.
0: So Yeah. Yeah. So. You know what to do with these uh, this section in particular is uh it's in the too hard basket it's so it just gets left but they are protected from the sunlight so they're looking they're looking quite shiny yeah you i can know. see
1: i can see you've got some um new zealand films up here we as do well.
0: there's a box of new zealand videotapes um all of which we have on, on, on dvd but i just can't you know the hoarding thing kicks in and you just can't get rid of certain things you yeah. just don't want to say goodbye to them
1: and perhaps some specialist tapes i can see a harley davidson tape over over the side there which probably isn't the sort of thing that would rent a lot
0: feel free to pick out anything <laughs> that look, <laughs> <laughs> that piques your curiosity oh well
1: there's a there's a fantastic tape um, in here, that's got a, sort of a heart-shaped case, which is quite unusual. Sort of, hey, get your mitts to, off that! To to, to describe it, um, it's it's you know a standard VHS case, but then it sort of balloons out at the sides to to form a heart shape um, because it's called uh, "Someone to Love."
0: And as cheesy as that might seem uh, at first glance, it is a Henry Jaglom film starring Orson Welles. Is it?
1: Orson Welles, yeah, and Sar- Sally Kellerman.
0: Yeah, so anybody into, you know, Robert Altman, Alan Packler, those um, those independent filmmakers of the late 70s, Henry Jaglom is, um, is quite underrated, actually. Yeah, and it,
1: it's a fantastic case, and sort of one of the things <laughs> that, that I, I love about sort of the vhs era is the promotion of the films themselves the the packaging like not just the you know the quality of the tape is is not necessarily the best presentation you know blu-ray will knock it out of the park but if you look at modern releases of dvds and blu-rays by sort of major labels or even even if you look on on vod and there's a tiny little uh, stamp postage stamp sort of image that you get to Mm. look at for the film but in the v h s era they had these bombastic covers with these strange promotional gimmicks, and occasionally did. you'd get yeah. tapes that even that made sounds or that had little blood packets on the front of yeah. them and things mm. like that and that's one of the mm. one of the charming things about the format is
0: mm.
1: how it's presented
0: yeah absolutely um, yeah, I think there was uh there was there was uh, there was money to go around in the industry in those days, and and some of it uh, you know we, we started our business in 1989, so we even missed uh, you know the the mid 80s boom um, where a lot of those uh, a lot of that, that packaging was you know, was pretty impressive you know so I always look fondly at stuff pre ro video era uh, <laughs> you know with some nostalgia because that's when I was a you know a, a video you know boffin you know uh, renting videos myself um yeah but you can't have that one yeah no that's yeah. That's, that's all right yeah. that's fine yeah. um i was gonna um just on the vhs the, the merits of vhs so there was something on youtube that i that I was shown recently, which uh, in, 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 in which someone did a half hour kind of video essay about their love of VHS and one of the uh, the virtues that they extolled was that uh, they remember seeing films like Alien and Aliens on um, VHS where the, uh, the the graininess of the image actually enhanced the fear factor because the, 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 the monster lurked even more, was even more obscured and so he felt that when he'd watched the equivalent on DVD or Blu-ray that that those things were more evident. Yeah. And that there, that, I thought that was a curious uh, yeah, argument. Not,
1: not necessarily with, with Alien because the, the effects for the most part in that are terrific. Um, yeah. But in, certainly in some films, yeah, if you're watching it on tape, you, you might not see the wires or whatever that that are yeah. puppeting the creature, yeah. you know, whereas then you see in pristine quality and you it, its flaws can be revealed. So, yeah. Yeah, it it goes both ways. I mean, it's fantastic seeing a pristine transfer, of, uh, like a thirty-five mil print, or even a Blu-ray of a film, and seeing it kind of at all its glory. But there's something very visceral about VHS and sort of crowding around a, a you know a cathode ray tube. Yeah, that um, does does lend to quality to some films.
0: What about the the kind of the mechanics of the VHS? You know, it actually being inserted into the machine and the noise and the kind of the yeah. the whole sort of industrial process is quite fascinating. Oh, it's, it's it's great fun. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I really I, I, like that so, wearing noise so when the tape goes yeah, in. Yeah, and and there's something really satisfying about it actually you know, reproducing a a pretty decent image. You know, when when you do get a good quality tape, you know, one that's and preserved well and the transfer the master is really good and so it's kind of a small miracle you know when this kind of clunky thing actually puts all of these you know works um, you know as a, as a kind of mechanical process. Yeah
1: well I think um, obviously there's there's some issues with the VHS format and tapes can get worn and kind of get grainy but they for the most part, unless you you get one that's really bad and it jams the play or anything, which I've never had happen, um, they they just keep playing. Unlike a DVD or something that you'll get a scratch on it, or even um, you, even digital films, you'll get corrupted data or something, or or you're watching something VOD and you you have horrible buffering, uh,
0: you know. which makes it unwatchable. Whereas yeah. where a kind of a you know some uh, intermi- Tapes intermittent just keep on trucking yeah, yeah, keep on trucking even if they have. Dropouts and things, yeah, know, yeah. Um, often the sound is an issue, though, isn't it? Like getting good quality sound off a VHS is really important. Um, it makes a big difference to the experience because if you get a kind of a slight crease on the edge of a tape, yeah, can it can do. completely munt the sound. Yeah, it's
1: a it's a magnetic format, so um, mm. yeah, the, the sound uh, you can have issues there sometimes with old tapes. Mm. Um, sometimes all you need to do is just give your player a good clean, and then. You find things play a lot nicer.
0: You're also a big fan of uh, the, the VHS trailer reel. Yeah. And some, and you've commented to me that you've bought some pretty, you know, uh, second-run, uninteresting films on VHS, but you, you love the, the trailers that actually preceded, and that made it worthwhile.
1: Yeah, well, that's another thing that I guess in that era where there was a lot of money in home video, they put a lot of effort into, into the, the trailers, the promotion for the film, and, you know you'd have a dramatic voiceover by someone like Don LaFontaine or something in a world or mm. e- even earlier than that um, just these um, dramatic fast-paced trailers that sometimes over oversell what is maybe a run-of-the-mill film yeah. <laughs> um, yeah just fantastic and some of those trailers you really can scratch your head trying to find I had a friend who's doing a, a master's degree in film ask me the other day um, where's a where's a database on film trailers that I can go to to research how these films were marketed in the nineties and I said well there really isn't one I mean you can hunt around on youtube for individual trailers mm. um but there there is no real library of film trailers as far as i'm aware that you can easily access sure um so tapes are, are fantastic digging through old tapes and just watching mm. watching the trailer reels so you can Mm. find some stuff that you just miss out otherwise mm.
0: and then there's those that i remember fondly being able to recite line for line the uh the, the anti-piracy yeah. messages <laughs> and uh i i can't remember the opening line i could virtually recite it for you right now but i can't quite remember the opening line uh but I, it was something like the artists lose <laughs> uh the consumer loses and you
2: video pirates they're costing you money Worldwide in 1991, more than a billion U.S. dollars was lost to the industry through all forms of piracy. In particular, the illegal duplication of pre-recorded video cassettes is causing great concern. The artists lose, the studios lose, and you, the consumer, loses. The unauthorized copying of videotape programs is illegal and carries with it penalties of fines or imprisonment. Remember, tapes bought or rented for home use only, cannot be played in locations such as clubs, motels, schools or prisons. Video piracy is a major problem in New Zealand. Please help us stop it. If you buy or rent a tape which you believe is not the genuine article, please ring this number collect for advice. Or write to Post Office Box 68041 Newton, Auckland. This message is furnished by the New Zealand Film and Video Security Office.
1: Yeah, and there's some of those odd disclaimers like you can't watch it on an oil rig or something like that, mm. you know. Yeah. Those things yeah. that pop up. Have a uh, have a rummage, Dave. I can, I can
0: have a peek. Um, have hopefully a... I don't get too far out of
1: microphone range.
0: No, that's all right. We can just have a walk around. Mind your head. Um, Let's see if there's anything... So one one of the things about, you know, running a video store is that a lot of the job has to do with, uh, as one staff member pointed out to me, it's changing one pile of tapes or, or DVDs and putting it into another pile. And that's the process. That's sort of a lot of what we do. And there are a lot of piles up here that I've kind of earmarked, you know, like this. This is a kind of Shakespeare VHS collection because I had this idea that maybe you know it was hard to get some of the DVDs so perhaps some schools would be interested in the VHS copy of Richard III or Othello but the, the years go by and then there came a point where a school wouldn't be the slightest bit interested in having a, a videotaped version of a Shakespeare film so these things just you know they, they have their time and uh, you know some of them um and, you know, like the we talked about with the, the children's films, you know, that that particular genre just yeah, ha- has had its life, you know, and there really isn't much more. Uh not it can't be sort of repurposed particularly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You you can't hold on to the past forever, but I think there there is I I think is there's, there's a danger, not a physical danger, not anything that's gonna hurt anyone, but kind of a, a cultural danger to how we how quickly we sort of abandon, you know, a format or or something. F- films kind of unusual in that because no other art form, well, with the exception of maybe video games, is is that young, and has gone through so many formats so quickly, yeah. just to be discarded. I mean, oil paintings, you know, they sort of last not forever, but mm. far past the span of a human of mm-hmm. of a human being. So we. We have all those and people still make oil paintings, they still make them more or less the same way that they did back then and we have this continuity of knowledge about about painting or about literature hmm. that we don't really have with film. People tend to go, Oh, well that's old, that's
0: Yeah, that's not it
1: served its purpose at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, and we discard yeah. it. But yeah. for a lot of films we we might lose some of the context behind them because hmm. there there are each time we upgrade to a new format there are films that don't make the cut there are films that have never come out on dvd like even yeah. the keep by uh, by a high profile yeah. director like michael mann hmm. and there are films that came out on dvd that haven't made it to blu-ray yeah and there are for some of those films there are there sitting with dvd there are commentaries and materials that you can only get on the dvd or the Laserdisc hmm. that haven't made it over um yeah, and, and entire films and the context of some entire films that people probably only really rented on VHS, mm. um, that we're just sort of we're forgetting about.
0: Yeah, I just just yeah, you, you're right, and I think that uh, when I look at these uh, VHS tapes that we have at this at this side of the attic, um, as opposed to the the children's films, what happens with um, a lot of this uh, these dramas? Uh, a lot of these are um, they are from. Really, from a particular period of uh, of the VHS heyday, and you know, pretty much would be, you know, say late eighties through to early two thousands. So mostly nineties films are up here because, uh, and they were really relevant to a nineties consumer, but they haven't been popular enough to be uh, to be reissued on DVD, and so that's what. A lot of these films here are a kind of a collection of '90s videotapes. But what 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 does um, where we do come up here and do do pick pick things out that people request is that there's a constant, uh, you know, uh, wax and wane of what is in fashion, and a lot of it is driven by uh, you know actors that were once obscure and then become popular, um, and we notice that. Um, you know, whenever there's a sequel brought out, you know people are very interested in the original film. And when you know somebody breaks through in their career and they they become well known, people want to kind of go back and and look at the obscurities mm-hmm. um, of that particular uh, actor. And so, it's really nice when you get to dust off a videotape because all of a sudden it was really kind of um, of no particular value, and then all of a sudden it's a little gem that you've got. And so that that can be quite satisfying to um to to have uh you know, these forgotten films be remembered again in the way you were saying. Yeah, and and maybe not for everyone, but I think for people who are interested in
1: film, I think we need to appreciate format a little more. The the format that things were made on and the format that they were distributed on often impacts the, the direction of the film. Mm. Um so there were a lot of directors when um the, well, there were a few directors when home video started to come out who changed their shooting style or their framing for the film because they knew that eventually the movie would come out on video and be cropped. Mm. So people started to make decisions based on that and saying, oh, well, we won't have people talking at the extreme ends of the frame in my film. I don't want to be pan and scanned. Mm. And for for the listeners out there, you can you can look up what pan and scan means and there, there are videos on YouTube. But... Mm. Yeah, essentially, for someone who's carefully curated a frame of their film to suddenly have it butchered by an editor for for tape mm. and put into a pan scan can can change the context of a scene. So, so there are decisions that are made based on format. Sure. That inform inform the film, mm. and without understanding at least a little bit about the format, you can never really truly understand. How the mm. film was made or how it was how it was intended to be presented mm. so if you do want to go deep into film you need to have at least a mm. cursory understanding of format I think
0: yeah mm. keep rummaging I need to stretch so I don't know how this um, meets up to your 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 uh kind of mind's eye version of what was up here dave um oh, it's a, you're it's, disappointed
1: no 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 i'm not disappointed it's it's interesting <laughs> i mean you know it's not it's not necessarily all of the all the gold of the of the <laughs> store
0: but um it's
1: interesting to see what's no. ended up here
0: yeah i mean it's a shame that we can't you know we don't have um, larger premises in which to be able to display, I mean this is really just you know, this is not all the VHS we have another um, storeroom um, downstairs as well but it is quite nice to um, you know, all of a sudden I'm just staring at Robocop 2 and 3 in their original <laughs> VHS cases <laughs> yeah, well, and getting, getting teary eyed about it Yeah, know, well, and, and you know, I don't even like these movies oh, two's too, worth a watch yeah, um, yeah well, not, I, not I, in my I, lifetime, I, Dave.
1: I know you don't like them because you don't have them on DVD <laughs> <laughs> in the store. I think we a, do now, don't a, we? Oh, well, this was a, this know. was a point of contention between me and uh, one, of, one of your, one of your staff. Okay,
0: okay. Snob, guilty as charged. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I did. I did. You know, I did have an aversion Peter, to, to sequels. Peter Weller it is true of, of,
1: of Ro- Do you like RoboCop? It's the first one. Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Yes. Peter Weller, uh, the stars in the news recently because he's got a he's got a I think a art degree, yeah. PhD degree in fine art I digress right. but um mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't got know. on him
0: <laughs> um no I I did I, I had to be selective when choosing films when they were released and shameless sequels were really a bugbear of mine I have to admit but now I've got an affection for them in retrospect. I mean, look at that lime green on Reanimator Two. It's, uh... Yeah, there's a few nice action films and um,
1: and, and horror films they've made it up here. Return of the Living Dead Part Two, which is is is, is an extraneous sequel, um, pretty much has the same plot as the first one, but sort yeah. of worse. But look at that cover; it's yeah. terrific. Unfortunately, the the listeners can't can't see it, but there's a really beautiful. Um, <laughs>
0: sort
1: of, sort of almost, almost, sort of crude.
0: Almost, I, I almost, almost,
1: almost looks like a really artistic kid's done it. Um, of these, these sort of marionette-looking zombies, and uh, there's one in the center in front of a tombstone, uh, giving us the finger. Yes, oh, and very you just, you just don't get yeah. that on um major yeah. DVD releases. Now, Dave, days. you would know
0: better than I, but we do we have this on DVD or not? I actually, I because don't. I don't know with that one. you because if we don't have this on DVD, then this VHS should actually be downstairs in the horror section. For um, yeah, I'm to, not. To I'm be. not
1: sure, Andrew, because I've got yeah. my. I've got my own copy of. Uh, oh, right, of sure. of so this, you, so
0: I've never rented it. From right. You. Okay. Yep. So you don't give a damn. Is that what you're saying? No, it's yeah. a beautiful.
1: It's a beautiful tape. That one. You should be very proud. Well.
0: Okay. Um, we will take that downstairs and check. Thanks for that. Thanks for pulling out that nugget. Return of the Living Dead 2. Girls in Prison. This must be the classy section of the... Yeah, is that teams? Ione Skye, who was an It Girl in the 90s? Oh, okay. I told you it was very 90s. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, There's. Um,
0: there's. A, I've seen a
1: couple of Christopher Lambert movies up here. He was yeah. very... I'll,
0: s- I'll see if I can find a gem. Here's a gem. Him. This is a gem. Um, this is a film called Honeymoon and it stars um, I'm trying to get it out it's going to be stuck uh, Honeymoon is uh, Natalie Bay or Bay, the French actress and John Shea um, you know kind of quintessential 80s uh, psychosexual thriller um, about a um, if I remember rightly about you know kind of a precursor to the stepfather sort of the husband from hell um, genre. sort of
1: a blue, blue bed movie
0: blue blue bed movie um, blue bed. Hu- husband's killing wives husband's killing wives yeah just 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 marrying the wrong man and or, or you know thinking you've married Mr right and he turns out to be a psychopath but it's a really elegant thriller oh it's, fantastic it's oh no bring that one downstairs yeah, i'll rent that next yeah, time I'm absolutely in. thank you so dealing with clutter dave is that something that you know you are managing or you know would you consider yourself a hoarder? <laughs> I, I don't
1: like to. Uh, I don't collect newspapers, uh, old newspapers or food containers. Right. I, I don't have any cats, so I, I hope I'm not a hoarder. I didn't ask if you were insane Stora- <laughs> <laughs> Storage has been a minor issue of late, but only because um, stuff has come my way quite quickly, um, sort of faster than I've been able to organise it. When the Paramount closed down did you, you you, you,
0: you kind of uh, you were in there and yep, Um, um, yeah a
1: a friend and I who also collects film uh, who also collects film um, we went in and and took most of the film prints that were sort of stuck away under the seats of the Paramount um, and I also acquired another um, large collection of films recently um and you mean I just um, keep getting
0: offered stuff thirty five mil you mean 35, or, yeah.
1: 35 millimeter films that used to be projected in the cinema before things went predominantly digital
0: yeah 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 so cinema quality films yeah so are you having to house them in more than one location yeah I've got I've got I've got films in a in a couple of locations right now
1: I'm actually working on peering everything down and getting it into one space. Yep. Um, it's a little bit tricky because we we had a space that we a friend and I were setting up as a little theaterette with seats and projectors and the idea of actually showing films and sharing them with other people. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, the the guy who was renting us that space moved quite suddenly overseas, and we had to move out. So that yeah. sort of threw a little bit of a spanner in the works. But that's yeah. that's the eventual dream to actually be able to share films with people. And showcase different formats,
0: yeah, and create an environment. And create that an environment, for... yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds good. So yeah, so the, there is an end game. Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, yeah. If if you're just tucking everything away and you never show it to anyone, then yeah, you are a hoarder. But um, hopefully, what we can do, what I want to do, is have a multi-format space where we can show all kinds of different films. We can talk about formats and the context of films and how they were displayed in the past, how they're displayed now, and how that affects the language of film, because I, I, I'm i really interested in format as a prime mover of how films are made, how they're displayed, and, you know, I, people mm. still say, um, you know, I taped that, when they mean I digitally recorded that. People are mm. talking this week about the Trump tapes. You know, Donald Trump's been... Mm. Oh, I wish I hadn't brought him up, but mm. Mm. He, he may have been recorded digitally but people still refer to it as tape sure. yeah. um, shooting we talk mm. about shooting footage because mm. early hand cranked uh, film cameras had a similar mechanism to early hand cranked machine guns mm. so that language transferred over and that language has stayed with us even after film film cameras became motorised and even after they became digital that, that language originates with a format and it has a context mm. And that changes over time, and I think I think it's interesting to explore that with films in general, and that's what I'd like to create a space to do.
0: Mm. Um, it's been a good chat, Dave. Um, thank you so much for coming coming up here and uh, and sharing with us and uh, listeners your experience and expertise. Um, it's been really cool. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Of, it's been good talking I've to you. Had a wee trip down memory lane. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. We look forward to you coming in, in, in next week and renting uh, honeymoon. Will do. Sex Maniacs Charity Ball. Oh yeah. yeah. We 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 had to get what we, we had to take what we could get back then. Thousands right? of perverts. Yeah.
1: Thousands of perverts under one oh. roof. Hundreds of
0: women go wild
1: okay that's sort of out of your usual um art house uh (laughs) style that i'm i'm used to (laughs) that's
0: a unique title we don't have three in the attic Um, three in the attic oh my god
1: spooky yeah spooky oh we have to get we have to get a photo come
0: on With this. You wanna be in the photo? With your with your stuff? Yeah, it's funny what happens after the tape stops officially rolling thank you for listening right up until the end and don't forget you can support us directly by adopting a movie for yourself or someone you know or you can check us out on patreon where we have a number of options for monthly support available also if you think that you or someone you know would make an interesting guest for the podcast then we'd love you to get in touch and we invite you to register your feedback about what you've heard through any of the regular channels And for those of you that don't know, you can automatically be alerted to new episodes by subscribing to the podcast through whatever application you're using. Until next time. Bye bye.